Welcome to the Infinite Devotion Podcast. In this episode, Don and I talk about the role that patience plays in dominant submissive relationships, and specifically in our relationship, the ways that we've both had to have a lot of patience with ourselves and with each other as our dynamic has deepened and grown over time. So we hope you enjoy. Today we are going to talk about patience in dom-sub relationships. And I wanted to have this conversation today about patience because when you think about kind of the, the default image that people have of dominance and submission, it's very immediate especially in a dumb sub that's based in kink, it's based in, in sexual polarity. It's the dominant commands and the submissive obeys. And that's really the only conceptualization that a lot of people have about what dominance and submission can be. And then as we found, and as a lot of people do find, as they try to integrate this into their life beyond just the bedroom, they realize that immediate command and obey just doesn't get the job done. Doesn't feel right from my side anyway, all the time. And I think there's a desire in a lot of cases to, on both sides, on both dominant and submissive side, to get to the point of being able to have a I lead and you follow kind of dynamic. But it doesn't just happen instantly and automatically that way. So over our almost five years now as dominant and submissive, patience has played a really big, big role. Sure has. So from a high level for you, like how have you, how has patience been important for you in Well, let's start here. How has it been important for you, for me to be patient with you? Um, well, authentic submission was what we both desired. And so that required me to, well, step one, gain the awareness that some of it wasn't. <laughs> Some of it was a little um, bit of past programming, mindlessness, unconsciousness. Um, and then, you know, once I started down that deeper road of authenticity as a whole, um, the areas where I was we'll call it mindlessly obeying, um, which meant I might have been self-abandoning. And so that journey required a lot of slowness, um, slowing down of my life, my pace, so I could have the space to really start to do this self-reflection of where it was operating that way and that required a lot of patience from you as because there's no control over the time and there's no control over 
how fast I'll make sense of things, even though we would always have open conversation about practically everything all the time. Anything I was going through, you knew about. Um, but that's a really inward journey. And it requires a lot of presence with, it required a lot of presence with myself. And when we started down this road of dominance and submission, we didn't, like, I had no interest in going into like creating something that was a performance where it was you just doing what you thought you were supposed to do or for myself, like to be dominant wasn't something that I just wanted to be like playing a part or acting a role. I wanted it to be something that was real for both of us. Right. And it can't be real if you are just recreating what Christian Grey would do. Hmm. Or if you're just have an idea in your head of what it of what dominance is supposed to be, what submission is supposed to be. And you're trying to recreate what your fantasy is in real life. The only thing that you can do is create the circumstances for inauthentic relating. Yeah, the fantasized version is probably quite unrealistic for most. But um, it doesn't mean it's unachievable either. Because I'm at a way different place now than I was at the beginning. Right. And our, like, our DS relationship now probably looks a lot more like the fantasy version to a lot of people. I know it does to me. But it took almost five years of really deeply integrating these parts of ourselves to get to this place. Yeah, I still, uh, <laughs> my ego gets the best of me sometimes. It does to me as well. But if we want this authentic relationship, if we want this re to feel real, like when I say real, like I actually want to lead you. I know that when I take charge, when I take control, when I say we're going to do this or that, whether it's in the bedroom, whether it's in life, whether it's traveling, date nights, what we're cooking, how we're going to maintain, whatever. I know that if I lead, that things are going to work out well. And if they don't, I know that I'm going to take responsibility for dealing with whatever comes up. Right. And on my side of that, that requires a lot of trust. And so that's its own journey to, on my side of things, to unravel. That was a big one for me because it can, like for one, I have to learn how to trust you. And for real and not just the imaginary, imaginary right. like thing that we say, I trust you, but Right, so not, not the head-based knowledge, because there's that, mm -hmm. which um, can definitely be ego-based, which will forever keep you from fully trusting if you want to live in the head. But then it's the felt sense, and that requires a big inward um, emotional unraveling journey. And at the root of... All of that for me was a big distrust of self. So if I tried to avoid facing down that distrust of self, like I, I wouldn't get to authentic submission. But like I said, like I had to unravel that journey and really own my side of that and come face to face with that. And that, again... <laughs> you weren't in control of any of that piece. And so, yes, you lead the relationship, but 
that you couldn't force me to see, you couldn't force me to feel, you can't force me to like move through any of that. And so, yeah, again, patience. So to back up a little bit, when in this for us, I was the one that led us into this. Mm -hmm. I had a long history of different ways that I imagined what DS would look like. And so I carry all of that into now this real human being who is agreeing to submit to me. And we called ourselves 24-7 from the start. But a part of the patience that you've had to have for me was me unwinding all of the ways that I was trying to play out the fantasy role of this relationship in the way that I showed up and in the way that I tried to get you to show up. Yeah, the covert contracts. Mm -hmm. And so that's another example of where like, you've, you've been very patient with me in my own like, settling into dominance as a way of being rather than trying to do the dominant things. Yeah, and my naivety, I guess, in the world of dominance and submission probably um, helped in certain regards. But also just having a history of um, the, I've said this before, the great relationship that I saw we had. Um, obviously, we both have kind of walked through a lot of fires to get to where we are at now as we like really turn down the personal development mm -hmm. authenticity turning inward journey. Um, but like there was always a felt sense of being able to trust you and trust like that you got me and got our relationship. So yes, I had to have patience in that realm, but it really didn't feel that challenging. I wasn't in a hurry to get anywhere. Well, and partially you weren't in a hurry to get anywhere because you didn't, you didn't come into this holding a conceptualization of what you wanted it to look like. No, I didn't. If I wanted you, you to like show me what do you want? That's just what always felt real to me is if you, if you want this, I will follow. So show me. So you've brought up the personal development thing now a couple times already. And I want to go a little bit more into that because it's important from the concept or like why that keeps coming up in relation to patients. Because what happened for us and what I think happens for a lot of couples who try to go down this road is, well, A, if they're trying to recreate a fantasy or if they have maybe some dumb sub play in the bedroom and they're like, this is fun over here. Let's do more of this out, out over here and just try to bring that same energy of like, eat the cake now. Number one, it's not as fun because there's not pleasure involved usually. Mm, but there's frosting with cake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with cake, yes. <laughs> I get your point. <laughs> but two, it starts to go outside of sex and into love. And yeah, just um, call it casual relating. Yeah, well, just, yeah, just relating in general. Yeah. And so, even though 
like we we knew that this was something that wasn't just going to be a bedroom thing it was going to be a life thing for us and in reality it was a life thing for us before it was a bedroom thing for us which is very different i think than a lot of people yeah So when we started to try to figure out how do I lead and you follow on a day-to-day, like moment-to-moment basis, it activates all kinds of stuff. It did activate all kinds of stuff for us. Like, number one, who am I to be telling you what to do? Yeah. Like the deep programming about how am I supposed to treat women? Is it okay for me to tell you what to do? Do I feel okay with that, even if you want me to? Yeah. Do you feel okay being told what to do? Lucky for you, for the most part, I did. (laughs) Do you feel okay not telling me what to do? Yeah, that was... uh, That was a little harder. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I really didn't even... That was such an unconscious pattern. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I wouldn't have said that I acted that way, to be honest. So it starts to get, it started for us to really get into these really deep things that we couldn't, we couldn't ignore. Yeah, the programming, but then also you start to step on landmines that are emotional mm-hmm. um, reactions. And to, um, that's its own journey of beginning to understand what's behind those. Right. In, in the desire to not react that way and uh, take ownership in it instead of just, well, I don't know, this is just how I am. Right. And there's no, like, there's no bossing you around through unwinding some of those patterns or those emotional triggers that come up for you when you are learning how to let go of control. I can't just force you out of an authentic reaction. No. But if I can let go of my pushiness, my neediness, my expectation that you should be acting like this because you're submissive now. That is what helped me shift into really looking at dominance as walking beside you and helping you grow, helping you let go of those things and really being the one who's, I've got you. You can go through all of this. It's safe. And there's no, like you said, there's no quick way to go through that kind of stuff. It just has to be worked through. It has to be seen. It has to be accepted. Feelings have to be felt. Yeah. I like what you said, the walking alongside of you, because many times on this journey, I was brought back to the footprints statement and like I imagine it being like Jesus walking along seeing the the two footprints and like walking alongside one of them and at certain times there was just one and it was when I was being carried and that literally is what I have felt like in this journey of there there's times where I've been through emotional chaos and I've had to lean on you very heavily. Yeah, you have had many times in a lot of the last five years where you've had to lean on me and I've had to, I have carried you. I've let you have whatever you needed 
in terms of time and space and my attention so that you could so that you could come into what felt right to both of us in terms of what submission really was and i'm pretty certain at times <laughs> you probably felt like what I was working through emotionally was like dictating the relationship because it it's its own thing. It it looking back, I would say it, it probably was setting the pace when you had this vision of where you want us to get to, putting a time frame on that only leads to um disappointment and frustration. And so like being able to say, we're still going there mm -hmm. <laughs> and leaning into, again, the patience of just allowing me to be, to be with whatever was surfacing. There were definitely times when it felt like your emotional process was the dominant force in the relationship. And there were like there were definitely times where that felt really, really challenging to me. Because it didn't give me any real felt sense at times like I was leading this relationship anywhere. It almost felt like you were, like you were in charge. Your process was in charge. But at the same time, what else was I going to do? Right. If I really wanted this to turn out, to end up where I wanted it to be, comes back to something you've said since early in our relationship. There's, a, you know, there's no way through it but through it. And boy, for a lot of the last three years, we've been in it. Yeah. We have been deep, deep in it. And going through that, like, I, I had the space in life to really dive deep. And so that was um let's call it a blessing and maybe a curse at the same time because it allowed a lot of focus to be on the emotional side and you know i remember having moments where it was like oh my gosh like oh i feel new like in a whole new way and and like each time i experienced that it would feel even greater but i i didn't know when I would be through most of that. <laughs> I didn't, and you didn't know. Again, you couldn't force it, you couldn't control it. But, so what I say is like, thank you for the patience that you had because I could also feel you zooming out and looking at this in a bigger picture of life, knowing that, and, and I had a felt sense that every single time I worked through something, it was leading to more freedom from just, let's just call it freedom from the emotional garbage that needed to get out. I had to, I had to zoom out at times to really to really feel a sense like we were going anywhere. And I'll never forget the first time I remember exactly where we were standing that you told me, thank you for being so patient with me. And it brought tears to my eyes. I didn't expect it because it hit me like a ton of bricks how how long I felt like I had waited. 
and how hard that had been. It was, it was extremely emotional for me and it was not, I wasn't prepared for it because it was the first time you had ever said that and not just inside of the dom sub dynamic, but even in our marriage before that. Yeah, verbal expression didn't come all that naturally to me. It was not, um, that was not something I witnessed a lot of in my early years of life. So the first time you thanked me for my patience, it hit me like a ton of bricks. But I also have to thank you for, number one, having patience with yourself. Yeah, that... <laughs> that's required a lot of patience. And something I've, I've learned to extend to myself through this process. Yeah, there's so much compassion that you've had to have for yourself and just not pushing yourself into anything you weren't ready for. Yeah, if you're bringing up compassion at all, it's also... <sighs> a lot of compassion for showing up in a much different way and looking back in ways that I'm not super proud of. And it's really easy to um, I was going to say blame myself, but I get I don't think that's exactly the word. Just just get angry over a lack of awareness. But I didn't know what I didn't know. I couldn't see myself the way I was really showing up when I wasn't actually wearing the glasses. And so I've, yeah, compassion is another thing that I've learned that I deserve from myself as well. And that statement that you didn't know what you didn't know, that really sums up why doing this the way that we've done it It's taken a while because we didn't even know what we were needing to go through. We didn't even understand. I know I didn't understand what I was getting us into. What's on the road to, to authenticity? <laughs> A lot of emotional chaos. Right, because, and that, that's why this patience thing is such a, an important, it's been such an important thing for us, and it is such an important thing for people who want to get into a relationship like this to understand, or people who are in a relationship where they're trying to figure out these dynamics with each other. If you want this to be real, if you want it to feel real, it's all about authentically stepping into dominance and authentically stepping into submission. No fake in it. No obligation. No performing. Real. If that's what you want, You're going to have to unwind all of the parts of you that are not living and acting authentic. Because you can't just keep this to one part of your life. Which, that's where the patience for the self comes in too. Mm -hmm. Because, again, just like you can't, you couldn't force me to move through any of this, I can't force myself to move through any of the gaining self-awareness, being able to see, because, you know, as you let's let's say 
um, people pleasing, like, okay, people pleasing is going on in this relationship. Well, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> now I see it in this relationship over here. And so you don't get to see everything all at once. It's not like you flip a switch and then all this people pleasing goes away. And so it requires a lot of, just for me, it was patience with myself. And again, <laughs> the slowness, slowing down um, to be able to see. Because I, you know, looking back, I didn't live a life that allowed me to even gain awareness into it because it was jam-packed. Right. I think that we, well, I know this, that as we've gone down farther, deeper into authenticity, both individually and then in how we relate to each other, it has felt like increasing freedom, increasing freedom to say what needs to be said. Not like you don't have to be afraid of triggering me. I don't have to be afraid of triggering you. Right. We've already said stuff in the first few episodes of this podcast that probably would have tripped the fuck out of the old versions of each other. You know, I was thinking about the fact of like being where we're at now and I, I recognize fully that rewind me even a year, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't have been able to having, to be having these kind of conversations, let alone probably be speaking on a podcast <laughs> just because of where I was. There's, there's been a lot that I've had to unravel, unlearn, let go of. So the, like the whole topic of being patient It's not that you have to wait and just be patient for years and years and years and years for your partner to come into an authentic submission. Or if you're waiting for your partner to kind of figure out dominance, you don't just have to sit there and do nothing. No. Or feel like you can't have the, the relationship or the DS dynamic that you want. You have to see the, the process of moving through this stuff as a part of the dynamic. And I think that's what really shifted that thing for me, where I felt like your emotions were dominating the relationship. Was when I decided to really just open myself to them. When I stopped seeing your feelings as something separate from me, but really that's, that's a part of what led us to connect the dots that led me to connect the dots of polarity and Dom sub was when I felt like I was able to let you feel more and be more accepting of your emotions without trying to stop you from feeling or change your feeling, telling you don't cry. It's okay. Or wishing I was secretly wishing I was showing up differently. Yeah. Wishing you just get through this stuff so we can get on to the fun part. Mm -hmm. When I let myself be more present with you and with your experience, something shifted in you too that allowed this. But it was like, now your process became something that I was leading you through. And it wasn't like I had to sit and wait. And so, yes, it does like now feel like we're more onto the fun part. Yeah. So that being said, the important part for us back then was still leaning into the fun parts still creating the 
fun aspects of life than Eros and whatever, like, got us a little bit out of those, yeah. um, that heaviness too. Like, that was an important aspect because otherwise, like, if you're, if you're truly living the 24 seven, like it, it has to, for, in my opinion, it has to be a journey of authenticity. And if you, if you as the dominant, this is the way I see it. If you as the dominant would have just kind of like let go of even the other areas where you were leading, the whole relationship could crumble. I would have felt that. And so like you really needed to lean into and stand strong in the areas where things were still going well, because it's like, it's not me and my emotional mess from my past. Like that's all of me. And so if you're seeing that as over there and then there's me, that's like not seeing me authentically either. And so like I, <coughs> excuse me, had to learn how to integrate all of that and accept it all for me. Yeah. Um, because there were times where I could sense the neediness coming through, but I also could sense the big shift out of what you were speaking to, recognizing that, oh, like this is part of the journey to continue to get to experience life in the way that we seek. And so it, it's not over focusing on where we're going, but really staying with what's now, what's in the here and now. Yeah. And like seeing you as a whole person is kind of what I took out of what you just said there. Yeah. Is, is really important because You've got to, I can't dismiss this part of you and only accept that part. Not if you want authenticity. Right. I have to accept all of you. Mm -hmm. But also, I have needs. I have desires. Like I, I, there's, There are things that I want out of being a dominant out of being your husband out of being your partner you being the one that i love and the one that i receive love from that it certainly had moments of feeling like you didn't have anything to give which meant i wasn't receiving and where that felt pretty empty. And those were the moments I'm sure were then I, when I had my moments and I had plenty of kind of collapsing into neediness. When, when I look back at that, it feels pretty gross. Because you're at a point where you are, like, energetically, you're on your knees. Like, you have nothing left. You've just been, you've been through some really heavy-duty emotional stuff in the last few years. And the times where you were at those low points and you didn't have much to give to me, when I look back at that, the times when you were there and I I wasn't standing up strong for you, but I was like, but what about me and my feelings? Like wounded little boy energy. Right. And that's like that's a big part of the growth of the masculine, the growth of the dominant in me that's had to take place is I do count on you. Like I rely on you to give to me, to you're the one that I get loved by. But also, I've had to develop a sense of okayness 
regardless of how you're showing up. That's I've only developed by those moments where I fell apart. Yeah. And then saw it, stood back up, did my best, fell apart again, saw it, stood back up, did my best. And so that's where you've, like, turning this back around now, where you've been very patient with me because I haven't been perfect either. No, you haven't. <laughs> We're pretty damn good. <laughs> and I can look back on all of that and, and see it and, and own all of that. But it does feel pretty gross. I have to say, there were, like, even going down that route, I always looked at you as the leader in the relationship. I always saw you as like looking up at you with a lot of respect. And yes, you fell apart in moments and we've always worked through that. And like, I've seen you fall apart and rebuild yourself much stronger. And I know you've done a lot more work than I even really realized because the masculine journey is a lot, um, at least what I witnessed in you was just shifts without knowing what your internal, like even mental struggles to overcome were um, and just what you had to work through, I guess, to, to become the man you are today. Um, and that wasn't, like for a while, I would have wanted to know that, but then there was a time when we quickly realized that that was not something that I could also receive from you um, in our journey of polarity, but our understanding how this is polarity. Um, but yeah, I always, I always had a like admiration of you in throughout this whole process of just trusting the leadership, even when some of it was mindless. But that being said, even the areas where I did show up somewhat mindlessly, like it was, it was shining the consciousness on there that really didn't change anything about it. It just started to actually feel like what I wanted instead of doing it without thinking about it. Say more. Um, you know, the, really, the, the only thing that I say that I gained awareness on where I just wasn't actually, okay, maybe I shouldn't say it that way because if I sat and thought here long enough, I probably would um, see things, see other things, I guess, but the biggest thing where I was being mindless about was just giving you all of my time, thinking that you were in charge of our daily schedule. So you dictated what we did because that, that was the point where, you know, you had stepped away from the previous business. And so, you know, decompressing from that, we had a year of, or, you know, at least yeah. a good portion of time where we, I took are, most of a year off of yeah. working and so I was just around right you were around a lot mm -hmm. and you got your own time like before I would wake up in the morning but I would wake up and then like you'd be there and I didn't I started to recognize that I didn't have space and, but when the resentment was building it was because I wasn't asking for it and at the time it was really really crucial for me to do it because I had to step away from um, having my mind be focused on someone else so I could really learn how to turn inward and be present with myself in a way that I had never, ever been before. And so that was just a really important part of my journey of being able to speak up for that, even though that was one of the hardest things I ever did. That was also an important step in the journey of patience for for me at least because i had finally gotten out 
of a business that had been stealing my soul for a long time. And I had a long plan to get out of it and finally was done. And really, like, all I wanted to do was be with you. <laughs> be with my wife, with my submissive. I wanted, like, I wanted to just be with you. The point where you were at on your journey in submission, in authenticity, and all of this stuff at that point was one where you needed some time to be alone. And so it was one of the hardest things for me to do was to just go away. And that, that was hard for me to even say because I, I mm -hmm. felt like I was um, going to hurt your feelings. <laughs> But then, what ended up coming out of that was me, basically one night a week, I left and went to stay somewhere else. And that time that I spent by myself ended up hatching everything to do with infinite devotion, like all of the writing and the journaling and thinking that I did up there. You know, a lot of it being like journaling about my frustration with where we were at in this whole dumb sub thing. Like, what am I missing? What's not going right here? Patience. Patience. Like, <laughs> literally. I'm sure that's probably in those journals somewhere. Another piece I want to touch on is how I've had to also be patient with myself. A lot of focus gets put on the submissive in these sorts of conversations. For good reason. The least of which being that it's really not helpful to the dynamic, to the connection, as you mentioned before, to have me unloading all of my emotional processes on you. Right. That doesn't mean I don't have emotional processes, that I'm not going through stuff myself. Right. It's just that you are not the place for me to bring that, to work through it, to emote and express into you. Now, if I need to, I can. But it's better for us if I do that elsewhere. And so, yes, you haven't always seen or known or even been aware of some of what I have worked through to be able to show up for you in the way that I can now. You do show up very differently than at the beginning of this. And that's not by accident. But I have had to be very patient with myself when that's been way fucking harder than it seemed like it should be. Things like just speaking up for what I want. And how hard it has been for me To be able to say, I want it like this. Rather than trying to get you to think the same thing that I'm thinking. Without even telling me. Yep. Or to ask you questions and try to come to consensus. That's really me <laughs> trying to lead you into my opinion. And I would see myself doing this 
shit. <laughs> and I'd be like, what? Like, what am I doing? She's wearing my collar. We have a business where we talk about her like infinitely devoted submission to me. I can just say this and you'll say okay. No. <laughs> Let's be real. There was a point where it didn't go quite that well. But did it not go, was a part of it not going that well because I wasn't being assertive? Um, both. There's a, like, that plays a piece in it. And Depending I, on the scenario. Right. And so I would see myself repeating these patterns of being, of not being assertive. Or of... putting my my everything about myself behind you the you know i guess the masculine version of people pleasing because that like that was a real thing for me for a long time was i would try to just make you happy the happy wife happy life sort of approach like if i just make you happy then you'll be happy and you'll give me everything that i want but i won't and i won't have to ask for it and be uncomfortable in that assertiveness that I was so uncomfortable with. So as I continued to see those patterns and become aware of them, I would also see that, and this, this was a really interesting part of it for me, was when I started to notice how you were different, how you reacted differently the more assertive, the more even like bordering on authoritative that I was and that I am now, the happier you get. Like you, you almost get giggly when there's just no question as to what's going to happen. It's almost like it creates a, something safe for you to just know the answer when we're not talking about it, when I'm just telling you. Right. Well, you know, you have a lot of your own programming and belief systems from your past that you brought in, but you also were well aware of what mine was from the past. And so what I've had to work through to get to where I'm at um, was definitely um, How you were able to show up and how I responded to you basically I don't remember if I said it this way but I like I I wanted an authentic journey I didn't want to be forced into this and so in certain areas could have you been more assertive faster of course could have you been more authoritative sooner maybe, maybe. right so just with what my personal wounding was and how I had built the walls around myself, like you, you had so much awareness around it. And so maybe, well, you had to tiptoe in certain ways and maybe you tiptoed more, but it was, it was part of what you saw in me that had to be worked through and released that, um, you were you had a lot of patience for like you you had to and i like could have we moved through some of that faster maybe but i wouldn't have it any other way than than how things went and like to be where i'm at today just feels incredible it was a very fine line to walk and i know when we work with couples and when we work with men especially who are either wanting to step into a dominant role or they're trying to with their partner it's a it's a very fine line that we have to walk because if you're on one side of that line you are essentially not leading you're just 
back into the territory of being the pleaser, being the nice guy, taking care of you and give you everything you want. And eventually you'll be better and then you'll be able to give me what I want. But going on the other side of that line is a real lack of care and concern for the very real shit that you had to go through in coming home to yourself to to be able to have a self to submit to me you had to first find who you were right because i was so disconnected and so you know back what i was speaking to i just want to bring this specific piece of it up because it's it was just real wounding from religion and so like I looked at religion as very authoritative. It was like pastors and teachers and anybody with that kind of title, like you just obeyed them. And so when I had left, when we had left organized religion previous to this point, there, there was still a lot that hadn't been touched yet because I didn't understand what was there. And so when I want to go into obeying you, it's hitting some contradictions in my mind and body about you gave yourself away before. How are you doing that now without even having that language to put to it? But it, it, very, it, was, very, it was very fragile in me. And so I'm thankful that you just had the awareness that you did because forcing me into certain aspects probably would have created a very, very different outcome. Mm -hmm. Because in reality, with that background, that history, with the way that you very mindlessly submitted to authority, yeah, because you were trained that way from almost birth yeah that's probably an even more appropriate word than even religion mm -hmm. i probably if i had been this kind of man could have put myself in that role in your life and had you a different version of submission that would have just been it would have all been a performance it would have all been inauthentic but it would have been faster yep it would have been now it would have been command and control and it would have been obey and don't think i'm pretty sure it would have crushed me it would have it would have destroyed everything about this relationship it would have taken it apart at the seams because that's yeah. essentially what you had in your first marriage without a to collar yeah it was just a commanding demeaning in uncaring forcefulness and so yeah it would have worked for a while until it didn't But I think that's something that I'm guessing is unique to the person in a couple who leads the other person into this kind of dynamic. Is that necessity of all of the patients coming back to what we said before about letting this be real and not just acting something out because it's not like we didn't already have 10 years of history together eight years of marriage 10 years of history together at this point well that we was just when this. you asked me even right and so if we had walked, like if I had walked into like forceful, commanding, impatient, 
dominance. He would have been asking you in a way to just forget everything that I've been for the last decade and every and and for the my whole life before that and asking you to forget everything that you have ever learned every experience you've ever had everything that made you the human being the woman that you were at that point on that day to just go straight to do this now forever is just ignoring your humanity. Yeah, it never would have worked for me. And the piece that would be unique to the one bringing this dynamic to a partner is that I always had a sense, a very real sense of when this was real for you and when you were faking it for me and it it never felt good when i could tell that you were just trying to do submissive because you thought you were supposed to that never felt good for either one of us no i knew it didn't feel good for you which is why it didn't feel good for me it's all in the energy that you bring and I wanted this to be a good thing for both of us and so that to kind of bring it all the way back around that's why going slow was really important for us and I think is important for anybody that's trying to do this thing in a healthy loving way that lasts that lasts yeah you've got to respect the humanity of yourself and of your partner the history of the relationship yeah because it can be so much more than just a kink-based bedroom scene mm -hmm. and a lot of people go running back to that when they just think this can't work in life right which is fine but it it actually can work Mm -hmm. if you are willing to um, put forth the effort of what it takes. What advice would you give to someone who is starting on this road in terms of setting yourself up to succeed? Gosh, there's, <laughs> there's pick one or two. so many different things. Um, Well, it's kind of what I already said, like on today's topic of just like really learning how to extend patience and compassion and empathy for yourself. I think it's really easy to learn that for someone else. It's easier to extend that to someone else for most people than yourself. And so we... we need to value the self so we actually have a self to give away the gift of submission the gift of following someone else like i use the term gift i don't i don't know is it that because i'm like okay it's a gift to you but it fucking makes my life better so <laughs> <laughs> you know whatever call it a gift or not but um in order to submit, like you have to value yourself. And that's a, that's a part of this journey for me. And for dominants who are, whether you are leading someone into this or if somebody has asked you to take on that role of being a dominant in their life, Go slow. Leave yourself and your partner wanting more at the beginning. Take little pieces of things and start integrating them into 
the DOM sub dynamic instead of trying to go everything all at once. The temptation is this is when it starts to feel fun is let's do it all. That's probably going to be another podcast episode. But when you set, when you go slow, you're setting yourself up yourself in learning how to lead your partner in learning how to surrender and your relationship in not blowing it up. You're setting all of that up to succeed when you go slower, even slower than you want to go. Because that leaves you with the energy of, of wanting more. Of what's next? How can this is great? Let's let it be better. Because if you try to take on too much at once and end up having to scale back because you're not equipped to lead in that way or she's not equipped to follow in that way yet and you have to step back it's going to feel like you failed it's going to feel like you fucked up and so way easier to start small and grow into it than it is to take on too much and end up having it fall apart So I think that this, well, I know this relationship between you and me would not have been the same if we didn't both have a lot of patience for each other. And I'm really grateful for you in all of the ways that you've kept at this. You've kept at your own journey. You kept on your own process. You never quit wanting to figure this out for yourself or for me or for us. How could I? It was making my life better. And I know that if I hadn't been patient with that, that none of what we get to live now, which like I said earlier, feels a lot like the fantasy version of dominance and submission in real life. It took a while, but the whole process became fun when we weren't trying to, when I wasn't trying to push it faster than it could go. So thank you for your patience. My pleasure.